Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, for a special post-instant reaction speech to President Obama's comments from the Oval Office. Here with us is Bill Crystal. Bill, your take. Uh, it was really kind of pathetic, I thought, honestly. I mean, obviously, I'm no big fan of President Obama, so maybe I, I watch it with a jaundiced eye, but it was so kind of lame and perfunctory, I thought. It's just the minimal things he could say, no actual laying out of a new strategy, no even no, no detailed discussion of what had happened, of, of, of the implications of what has happened, putting things in context, even if he doesn't want to take do the policies that I would like. I just, I almost felt like it was an insult to the memory of those who were, who've been killed by Islamic terrorists to sort of treat it in such a perfunctory way. I have to give him a small bit of credit because, uh, he actually talked for almost three whole sentences, Bill, about the problem inside Islam of radicalism and extremism. He actually talked about that fact that the rest of us have known since at least 2001 that inside Islam there's this theological something, battle, problem, text issue, whatever. And having you know denied it entirely, his entire you know public lifetime. I, I, it had to hurt him to go and kind of, and you could almost, you could see the pain in his face of, okay, okay, you're right. It is Islam. That's where the problem is. And so even though he didn't uh, say, but what he was going to do to confront that problem, I, I got to give him credit for finally crossing that uh, bridge. Baby steps, Bill, baby steps. Okay. Well, you're a, you're an easier grader than I am, Michael. <laughs> so, and maybe I'm just at a sort of, a bad mood or something. I don't know. I've been traveling all day and stuff. But no, I really, I don't know. I just think you, you schedule what he's only spoken from the Oval Office, what, three or four times, times, I think. And you schedule Sunday night at 8 p.m. speech. And, you know, whatever your initial thoughts are as, as president, your motivation for doing it, your political advisors may be telling you to do it. I think you sort of owe it to the country to say, okay, I'm going to get a serious speech, 20, 25 minutes, really talk a little bit about the history of what's happened over the last 15 years, maybe go back a little earlier than that to, uh, you know, the, the 80s and 90s and, and the rise of Islamic terror uh, in its modern form and, and talk about what we've done and what we've done well and not done. I was something, it put it in some context or something. Again, it would be his point of view, but I just thought it was sort of, he was told he had to give a speech. He was told he hadn't done enough. He was told that he had to mention uh, Islamic terror and then the mm-hmm. fight within Islam. And so he did it as quickly as he could so he could hurry out to the Kennedy Center Honors Program, I guess. And there's uh, speaking of that uh, kind of perfunctoriness, uh, giving the president you know, the credits that I can, he uh, called Fort Hood, the terror attack there, what it is and what it was, what we all knew it was from the first day, a terror attack. Uh, you may remember uh, Bill in July in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, an Islamist attack, two military recruiting offices. Uh, did I, I found out yesterday or the day before that the Obama administration had still not called that a terrorist attack. They still had it in limbo, and he crossed that Rubicon tonight, too. But then that raises the question, and I thought this was true, of his litany of comments about what he's done since Paris. My question was, if this is the smart stuff to do to end the danger, why did you just start doing it a month ago? Why weren't you do, taking these actions a year, two years ago while ISIS was weaker and just getting started? Now you're telling us, oh, I'm finally getting around to doing what I should have been doing all along? Well, as you say, crossing the, the bridge on Fort Hood or on Chattanooga when it's you know manifestly obvious exactly. that these were Islamic terrorist attacks um, with some connections, incidentally, overseas. I'd say one thing he doesn't want to say still 
is that almost all these attackers had contacts overseas. Certainly the Boston Marathon people, you know, bomber, uh, bombers right. came from overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the woman at San Bernardino did. Uh, he traveled back to, to Saudi Arabia, not back, but he traveled to Saudi Arabia, uh, the, the, the man, uh, the male killer in San Bernardino, San Bernardino. He sort of wants to still pretend it's kind of the Internet and everything is complicated these days because of the Internet and people get you know, radicalized on the Internet. There's some truth to that, obviously, but I think there's still a, a minimizing the actual contacts with people overseas uh, that, that have been the case. We, we, we have found there to be such contacts in almost all of the really major attacks here in the U.S., yeah, I I really wanted to not agree with your statement that this speech was pathetic, but there's it it is so small for the moment. Yeah, it's that's a that's speech, a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's a, a fair way yeah, of putting it away. If, if this yeah. were if this were a speech he was giving at some garden club somewhere, and he's just oh the president's here and he's giving a perfunctory speech, kind of here whatever, but to stand in front of America while Americans have just died in an American city from people who were killed who uh, were not on any watch list, we had no idea they were there, we were utterly unprepared. And to say, as the terror doesn't end from Chattanooga and all the places he listed, to give this little kind of picayune speech, maybe that's the P word I'm going to stick with. It's not pathetic. Just picayune. Just so no, that's small. that's fair. And I think you you put it well just now, kind of capturing what made me so sort of unhappy and discomforted with it. Another way to put it is this: Look, he was against the Iraq War. Fine, he was for the Afghan War. He, in fact, as president, ordered a surge of troops to Afghanistan. Uh, and in terms of Iraq, that obviously had bipartisan support, and, and, and from many members who've served in President Obama's administration and still do, like Secretary Kerry. But, but he, those wars are treated how? Well, we're not going to get into another ground war, because that would be what they want. No, no real tribute to the, 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 the men and women who fought over there, no sense that this country has been at war for 15 years. And he could say, look, I, we've made some mistakes in those wars, or some of the things we've done have been controversial. But no putting it in this bigger context of what is clearly a major global struggle against radical Islam. I mean, that seems to be, maybe this is what both of us are sort of grabbing for. I mean, there's right. no, you can have different interpretations of how to carry out that struggle. You can have different interpretations of, of what it means. But, but he's, it's almost as if, this is just because some, some different events have happened and we need to change. We need to stop people on the uh, no-fly watch list from buying guns. I mean, that was the first proposal we made, I, right. I believe. That is so ludicrous. I mean, it, is, I mean, it literally has nothing to do with any of the killings. You know, I mean, that if these two people had been on the no-fly watch list, it right. would, we could then debate whether it was an intelligent response, but at least it would be coherent to say, hey, if we stop people from being on that list from buying guns, uh, then they couldn't have guns. This is like, you know, this is so... Well, he's not helped by the bill. Sort of he's not gimmick, a, you know, that, yeah. that it really is distasteful, almost, that he's such a gimmicky proposal of what's supposed to be a serious speech after 14 Americans are killed. And it's not particularly helpful that our friends at FreeBeacon.com just reported that more than 70 employees at the Department of Homeland Security are currently on the no-fly list because it's such a messy list. So it's not serious. You're right. And here's my last question for you. So did... Did the president give anybody anything to work with? If you're Hillary Clinton, did he give you something to take forward and say, yes, another four years of this? If you're part of the uh, gun control movement, did he really move the ball forward that much for you tonight? Did anybody pick up anything from this speech or was it really just kind of you know, shouting at a windstorm and it will be forgotten in 24 hours? I think it will be forgotten pretty quickly. I think if you're a thoughtful Democrat who cares about the country and also presumably wants Hillary Clinton to be the next president, 
you've got to be awfully worried. I mean, it's just hard to see what the uh, agenda for the, on the Democratic side is going to be for dealing with what a majority of Americans, I would imagine a large majority, think is an ongoing serious problem that requires sort of a thorough confrontation across the board at home and, and, and abroad. And um, I think if I were Hillary Clinton watching the speech, I wouldn't be very happy. I think there's a challenge to the Republicans, though, which is to do more than just say, I didn't like it, and, you know, he, he's been a bad president, but to say what they would do. For example, there's a, you know, this omnibus appropriations bill that's going to be passed, presumably, at the end of this week or next, uh, because the government's funding runs out. Are they going to do anything uh, about some of the possible visa waiver proposals and, and other kinds of proposals to really get a handle on, which would have dealt with actual, you know, the people who've committed these crimes in the U.S., as opposed to what uh, President Obama's proposing about the no-fly list? Will, will there be any attempt to do something about this, or is the Republican Congress going to say, well, I guess there's not much we can do, he'll veto whatever we do, and so we'll just... Uh, pass an omnibus and go home. So for the Congress and for Republican presidential candidates, I think there's a, a bit of a burden, just, you know, intensified burden, ironically, because the president hasn't really addressed the issue of saying what they would do. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your immediate reaction to President Obama's speech tonight uh, here in the special edition of the Weekly Standard. We appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.